0: here is your host, the loudest
1: conservative voice in America fighting the enemies of freedom. Mark Walters. Walter, Walters. The enemies of freedom are alive and well. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense, hour number two, is in full gear right now in the six hour studios on the Fort Worth Armory microphone for you. Video being brought to you by Lead Slingers and Daniel Defense. All of this being presented to you today and every day. By X-Insurance, I'm wearing a really cool X-Insurance hat here. It's all super high-quality stuff, too, by the way. Just like their products. Greg, down in Dallas, Texas, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. On a, Broadcasting from a Beto-free Texas. I have to keep saying it because it feels good. It does feel good. Broadcasting from a Stacey Abrams-free Georgia. Yes. Boy, does that feel good. I'm sure it does. Uh, and she conceded. Yeah, yeah there was something. Yeah, well, I guess it's hard to look a resounding victory by your opponent in the eye and not. Just admit it. Admit defeat. You got beat. That's the nature of politics. So, Greg, my, uh, it was a lively discussion with Neil. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's going to get livelier over the next yeah. 12 and 24 and 36 months. It's going to get a lot livelier. Oh, believe yeah. me. So I spoke with David Kodria today. Right. Because, you know, David sent me a text message of a photograph of him holding a cup of coffee with his defender coffee bag that arrived today oh well in ohio and uh david i'll let you jump in here right now i'm i'm drinking defender coffee out of a defender coffee tumbler as we speak right now on air and i, I gotta get your opinion you how do you do you enjoy the coffee because we sent you the 1776 organic roast, same stuff i'm drinking right here it's what we love here at the house what do you think
0: yeah, absolutely. Very good. I appreciate it very much. Uh, I also appreciate that uh, when you called me and invited me on the program this afternoon, you rescued me from hours worth of lawn work. So uh, that that saved the old body some. And, and just to add on to you and Greg, I am broadcasting from a Tim Ryan free Ohio. How's that? Hey,
1: okay. There we go. So you know, let me throw this out there, guys. Those are all very positive comments. Yep. Tim Ryan free Ohio. Stacey Abrams' Free Georgia's got to be the biggest, unless you're in Texas. A uh, Beto, yeah. Free Texas is also a big deal. We don't have to but hear. Those th- are th- I'm sorry, Go we ahead. don't have to hear
2: this anymore. Hell yes, we're
3: going to take your AR-15. Shut up, dude. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Go away. we we'll play the Stacey Abrams clip. Oh, once again, again. We don't have to hear I am this tired here. In Georgia of hearing
2: about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live.
1: Population. Then move. You've lost. You're free to go. Fly like a bird. That's my impersonation of bird's wings, by the way, just in case you didn't know that. So, David, a part of our conversation today, uh, like my conversation with Neil McCabe, got kind of lively. Because while I would have liked to have seen bigger wins, I'm I'm willing to take what we got. Now, keeping in mind, we live in an upside-down world. Only in today's world, where Democrats look right at the microphone and the camera and tell you that it's light outside when it's 2 a.m., this is the world we live in, this upside-down, what do you always call it? We live in a what world? Uh, opposite day. Uh, opposite day, right. You know, Everything's opposite. This is Baghdad Bob on steroids. But I asked Neil McCabe, assuming the House flips, which is widely expected to do, not just coming from me, it's not wishful thinking, that's what... Even the left wing pundits, that's what all the left wing sites are saying as well. But they're throwing the disclaimer out, David. But it's a razor thin majority. I don't care if I win by one point or 500 points. I will take that victory, David. Would you agree with that or not?
0: Uh, You mean you'll take a TKO if you can't get the knockout? Sure. Uh,
1: Of course. Wouldn't you if you're if you're handed the belt?
0: You know, it's it's uh, it's a game of points. It's a game of inches. I think what we're what we're experiencing right now is that a lot of people. And I'm, I'm getting all kinds of disappointed uh, emails and things from readers that just can't believe that the American people would have voted the way that they did and that we didn't have the red wave that we were promised. And expectations, unrealistic expectations, were built up. And what is it that we experience in every election cycle with all the ads? We experience hype. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it just would I would have loved to have seen a red wave unfortunately What I did not see coming from the Republicans was enough of a change uh, to really get people enthused. I I saw a lot of candidates, and we can get into it as as the hour comes along, uh, candidates that avoided the issue because they were afraid it was going to hurt them. And guess what? They lost big time anyway, so they absolutely could have embraced the Second Amendment and talked to people who know what they're talking about to give them the, the, uh, the debate point that they need in order to use their bully pulpits to help and educate the electorate onto what their rights are and how dangerous the people that are trying to take these rights away from them are. Uh, Mark, you know, we we have just been through an experience where we have come through on the other end. You know, I'm not sure what's going to happen with the Senate right now. It looks like we're going to have the House, and we're going to have to build on this, and the Republicans are going to have to learn. Unfortunately, I hate to always be the voice of doom on this program, I'm not sure that the party is capable of learning.
1: Well, none of us are, and that's been a complaint we've had for years, and something else that we've talked about on a regular basis on Armed American Radio over the years. And we've told politicians on this program, if you run on your gun rights, you will win. Now, my good friend, Anna Paulina Luna, won in Florida 13, Charlie Crist's old district. And she won waving her flags and carrying her firearms. And making no bones about the fact that she is 100,000 gobzillion percent pro gun. She ran on a pro gun platform. And she won her second attempt down there. She tried to oust Crist, lost, and she's now. She's now representing Florida's 13th. That's Pinellas County down there in Florida, which is now bright red. So thrilled to see Hillsborough County, my old my old county and hometown, go red. And Florida, now you talk about red wave as you were mentioning that. Greg, what did you say in my ear? Uh, you know, look at what happened in Florida where there's only three counties
2: that are blue now. All the other counties <laughs> went red. So just because we didn't win a lot of governorships, we did re-up on governors that were already Republican and conservative. And we turned a lot of counties that have been blue to the red side of the dial. So there was essentially a red wave
1: at a more local level than there was on a more state and federal level. Yeah, I'll I'll leave it at that. David, I think five pickups in the House in the state of New York. All right. This is making gains and inroads into blue New York. But New York is blue. Let's go to Fetterman for a second. David Um, to me, as we discussed on the program, I was recently in Pennsylvania. I could find nobody. And I talked to people that were working in, in, you know, on the streets. I saw people, I, I asked them questions. We talked about the election. I talked to people that were working in hotels. I stayed in. I talked to people at the events we were at. I talked to people at the airport. I talked to people at the restaurants. We ate in throughout New Jersey and up into Pennsylvania as we were making the trek up to the car facility. We had an opportunity to speak to a lot of people. You ask them about Fetterman, they just shook their heads. But here, you know, my mom asked me the question this morning, how did that happen? It's easy to answer that question. And here's what you have to accept, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, but it's true. You cannot refuse to accept the situation. There are more of them in Pennsylvania than there are of you. David, that's the simple answer. Pennsylvania's blue. New York's blue. California's blue. Deal with it. It it, it is what it is, right?
0: You you add in Philadelphia, you add in... Pittsburgh. Urban Pittsburgh. Okay. And and the other thing that you have to add into, you know, you, you think that well, jobs and all that, Trump was for the coal miners and all that. The unions vote Democrat. The unions vote their pocketbook. And and yes, they're absolutely, you know, wonderful union gun owners who, you know, vote the Second Amendment, but they're a union uh, that supports Democrat candidates across the board and their rank and file majority is going to vote Democrat. There's there's no way around that.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing. I guess we'll take this to the break because I know we're going to be told we're going to take a break here in just a couple seconds. As much as I hate to say these things, you, again, we cannot run away from what is. We have to face it head on. Those of you in Pennsylvania who voted are going to get what you voted for. And then you will have a a chance to make another decision in the case of the Senate six years from now. It's that simple. You're going to have to live with what you did to your state. And look how that's turned out for New York. Thousands and thousands and thousands of New Yorkers are fleeing. Californians fleeing by the thousands out of businesses as well. The divide is real. It, it, It is true. It is real. It is there. Did enough gun owners get out and vote in Pennsylvania? David, I'm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I, I I could be I could be way off on that. I don't want to disparage gun owners up there because many of you voted by the millions. No question about it. Did enough of you vote? I don't know. Who, boy. Oregon. We'll talk about that coming up with David as well because the ballot initiative 114 passed out there. Horrible gun control in the state of Oregon. KBNP in Oregon. You're listening right now. We'll be back with David Codria on the flip side of this break. Don't go away. Daniel Defense advocates for the individual's right to bear arms, which is why they manufacture 100% American-made, high-quality firearms backed with a lifetime warranty. To learn more, visit DanielDefense.com. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, DanielDefense.com. And while you're at it visiting Daniel Defense, make sure to visit TheDoubleDFoundation.org. The Double, and the letter D, Foundation.org. And donate. Help the Double D Foundation support the youth shooting sports. These are the kids coming up behind us that will one day occupy these seats and carry on these conversations, The foundation.org and all of our fine partners at armedamericanradio.com. I'm talking with David Codria, who is a longtime contributor and now a regular monthly recipient of Defender Coffee. <laughs> you'll thank me for that, David. I promise I you I already did. Yeah. Man, oh, man. Yeah, you'll get used to drinking that stuff, and you'll do like I did the other day. I was Jones, and I couldn't find it, and I forgot where I put it. And I, I had to find it. My, my wife had put, tucked it away somewhere in another, in another cupboard, but I was able to find it. And I thought, oh, no, what are we going to do? We're out of Defender Coffee, and we're not getting our, another, our shipment for a few more days. But that shipment came yesterday, too, so we're good there. DefenderCoffee.com, yeah. by the way, guys, promo code AAR. Go ahead, David.
0: I, I sent you a picture of uh, me uh, with, with the Defender Coffee. Yes, you uh, did. And uh, uh, Stambulia Law. LLC uh mug that steven gave me when i met him in pittsburgh a couple weeks ago for an nra legal convention
1: yeah and you and he have done some great legal work together behind the scenes as well david um i want to get your thoughts on how i closed out with pennsylvania before we move to ohio because jd vance pulled off a victory there yesterday i want to get some of the dynamics that you saw in play as a resident of the state of ohio but pennsylvania do you agree with my comments There's just more of them than there are of us now, right?
0: Yeah, and and it's just that no matter what he does, there are doctrinaire Democrats that no matter what you say to them, they are going to be impervious to the truth because they've got their reality and that's what they're going to do. It reminds me of uh, former uh, Louisiana Governor Edwin Edwards, who said, in order for me to lose this election, I would have to be caught with a dead girl or a live boy in bed. Uh, Nowadays, of course, the latter probably wouldn't disqualify him either, but the but the bottom line is that no matter what they do, Fetterman was just disastrous in his debate performance. And everybody goes, well, if you criticize that, then you're just an ableist. No, you know, it's like, uh, OK, I'm sorry. You know, a uh, uh, reader on War on Guns to comment. Well, you know, maybe she's going to go to a dentist who has Parkinson's then. I mean, come on. But well, no let me throw something what,
1: out there regarding that debate. I think this is important to bring up. Early voting in Pennsylvania had already gone begun prior to that debate, and this is a, a large part of my problem. It's, it's one of many problems I have with early voting. I'm of the perception, get your ass out to vote on the voting on, on the day to vote. It's pretty much that simple. Yeah. That's the way but- I grew up go out and vote. So a lot of people there are there are likely a lot of people who after they saw that debate may have not voted the way they did and that's a problem. And don't think that the Democrats in the Federman campaign didn't know that. That's why they refused to debate. The early voting was going on, they waited it out. I mean it's 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 part of the fix, David. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Well, also, though, the, the impervious, uh, you know, you're know you not going to change the minds of a doctrinated Democrat. This no, is what I'd no. like to say to all my friends who are disappointed by the way the election turned out. You're not going to change any minds. They are not going to be receptive to it. Anything you bring up, they're going to have an argument against it. If you satisfy that argument, they're going to have another argument against it. And case in point, we can segue right over to Ohio, which is what you wanted to do, because due to redistricting my formerly republican district has switched democrat and not just democrat but lying gun grabbing open borders democrat okay and and this is just you know we we had uh 10 years ago we had uh basically a, a mediocre rhino uh who was replaced by another mediocre rhino who at least had an anra rating even though he didn't earn it uh now our, our uh, Republicans have, have just been, been thrown out the window for a radical. And to show you the mindset and how you cannot change it, one of her campaign ads, our, our new representative, okay, uh, it, it was blaming white supremacists trying to steal our votes. And I thought, okay, name, who, who, who's the white supremacist and whose vote did they steal? You know, look, they don't look have
1: specific. to name names.
0: Exactly, they just throw out the accusation, and they're 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 programmed constituents. And this this goes back to another thing because before the break, you mentioned did enough gun owners go out? Maybe enough gun owners did go out, but here's something else that I've been saying, and I've been saying it with you, is that just because they're gun owners doesn't mean they're going to change their vote. Everybody's talking about Mm -hmm. how wonderful it is we have all these new gun owners that are buying guns for the first time, Mm -hmm. but how do they vote?
1: A lot of those gun owners are not friends of ours. I've made that very clear. Just because you're a gun owner doesn't mean you're welcome over at my house for dinner. Okay? I'm glad you're a gun owner. You have a human right to defend your life and your family's life, but you might be, and I know a few of them, that are left-wing radicals bordering on communists that are also gun owners. And, but they have more just, important issues than guns, David.
0: And, and, and the fact that they're new also. You know, somebody was uh, complaining about somebody else, and, and I said, you know what, We we can change as we grow. And as we learn, and case in point, I can go back to myself, Mark, and, you know, I'm going to confess this and be ashamed to confess this on national radio, but I go back maybe 40 years or so, and I'm I'm basically, uh, you know, I have a couple guns. Okay, they're not really that important to me, and and I was just a nominal NRA member. And I remember talking to one guy and saying, "Well, you know, yeah, I don't don't see any problem if we had registration and licensing to make sure that we know how to use them." And I actually said that. Okay, why? Because I was ignorant.
1: There's nothing to be ashamed about that. It's 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 how you grow and evolve. I I, you know, fortunately, I can say I've never been there. But look. Not every gun owner let me I'm just gonna close out this with not every gun owner is your friend, ladies and gentlemen, just simply because they're a gun owner. It's that simple. Am I supposed to be friends with everybody that has a Corvette? Am I supposed to be friends with everybody that has a Dodge Ram pickup truck? Of course not. Okay, that's a similarity we have. I'm glad you're a gun owner. It is your right as an American, it is your human right. But that doesn't make you political ally of mine, that doesn't make you a friend of mine. We're not in the same boat together. Because you're not my friend if you're voting away my gun rights. And I know too many Democrats that vote away their gun rights. But our gun owners, David, as I I said, they have other issues that are more important to them than their guns. Oh, nobody's ever going to take my guns. I'm a gun owner. Bill Maher is a great example of that. Bill Maher's made it very clear. He's a gun owner and he's never given up his guns. You think you think Bill Maher and I agree on most issues? Maybe now, because the party has shifted so left, it would be interesting to see what he has to say after the elections yesterday, quite honestly. Yeah,
0: a, a, but, a, a saying I've been using for some time is that if, if owning a gun and being good with guns was all it took, we would have no better pal than Juan Horiuchi.
1: <laughs> you, you have been saying that for years, and you've said it for years on the program. I'm talking with the great David Kodria. By the way, you can find everything he does and link to everything he does at War on Guns. That's pretty simple. WarOnGuns.com. We'll close up with the election when we come back in the next segment on Armed American Radio's Daily Defense here in the Six Hour Studios on the Fort Worth Armory, Mike. All of it brought to you today and every day by X Insurance. Then I'm going to move out to Oregon. Nasty gun bill. Ballot initiative. Worst I've seen in years. Oregon, you have a fight cut out for you. Unfortunately, it's going to have to be fought out in the courts at this point because it did pass. With, from what I understand, 51, a little bit more than 51% of the vote out there. Bad news. We'll be back with David Codria to discuss it. following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Defender Coffee. I'm sipping on it right now on the Fort Worth Armory mic here in the six Sauer Studios, all of it brought to you by X-Insurance, talking with the great David Codry, a longtime contributor. David, I had an email here or a text message say from a very good friend of mine, long, long time friend, buddy, and I've known him for many, many years since the first year I moved to Florida back in way back in like 91 or 92, who also is a chapter in one of my books. This individual was robbed at gunpoint at a rest area at about two o'clock in the morning just over the Georgia, South Carolina line on his way to South Carolina for work, taking a drive and was robbed late night. Thank God. Uh, He was able to survive that. But you can read about him, uh, John, in my book. Fascinating story. And God bless him for being alive and surviving that harrowing experience. But he asks a question in the text message. David, he says, great show. Why did SCOTUS decide after all these years to repeal Roe v. Wade just before these so important midterms? Deep State to help the left side of the club? Sorry to bug you during the show, but it's been puzzling me today about SCOTUS. Uh, David, my response to that is, no, they just, that's when the case came up that they had to take. That's the way SCOTUS pulls these cases up when they go into conference. They had an opportunity to take what they believed was a strong case, one that they felt they could rule on, and they ruled on it. And it just so happens that those rulings come out at a certain time after the court has convened heard arguments at the end of their session. I don't think there was anything nefarious about that at all, and I don't think the court would get itself involved in that, particularly with the makeup of this court today. David, do you? You're pretty up on the Supreme Court. You think there was any shenanigans there at all?
0: No, but uh, I have to confess again. I had that thought. That thought did cross my mind, and uh, I, I didn't pursue it. If I if have wanted to pursue it, I'd have written something about it. Uh, but, no, I, I, I tend to agree with you on that. And, and the only other thing that I can say is that, uh, you know, those of us who have children, and now I have a new uh, grandchild. Yes, you do. And... and to to just you know see them when they're when they're newborns there's no question in my mind that I'm sorry they're human beings
1: okay yeah I'm, I'm going to leave and, I'm going to leave that one stand I'm yeah, going to leave that yeah. one alone right there yeah. this is not a show about abortion however the uh, you know that question it, it, people go back to that comey issue prior to uh, the, you know Clinton and and uh, the Trump battle et cetera. Uh, you know, Comey interjecting himself into the election, all that, all that stuff. People, it's easy to conjure up theories and, and conspiracies and think of these things because, look, let's face facts, guys, as we've talked about on the show for years. When coincidences begin to line up, they are no longer coincidences. Now, let's go there for just a second, David, because it popped in my mind as I mentioned that. But noticeably different handling of the election returns last night. Then the 2020 campaign, huge difference in the way it was reported, races being called the entire feeling and visual was different, which I guess just fuels more fire of the 2020 election. Right. I, I felt it. Did you?
0: Uh, No, the reason I didn't feel it is because I divorced myself from it. I paid absolutely no attention (laughs) last night to the elections. I said, (laughs) you know what, I'll wake up in the morning and I will find out what's going on at that point. Uh, My wife was calling some early returns and it was sounding like we were getting creamed. And I said, well, how much of the vote is in? Well, 14% I got that. You know what? Come, come come back when you got something, okay?
1: Yeah, come um, back when you and, got something. I hope you and, were watching a Bewitched or Gilligan's episode instead. That's always fun to do.
0: Uh, actually, uh, I don't know <laughs> if I can mention this on air, but I've been uh, getting into a little bit of uh, streaming Pluto TV, and I, I watched Have Gun with, Will Travel with Richard Boone.
1: Okay. There you go. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. Another good one to watch would be like the original uh, Gunfight at the OK Corral, stuff like that. That is oh, completely yeah. historically inaccurate, but classic stuff to watch. Okay, David, let's go to Oregon briefly. Well, did you want to put anything else out there? Let's talk briefly about Arizona right now. It appears Carrie Lake is going to pull this out with the uh, the late ballots coming in. Her numbers are rising. and uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for not having those numbers in front of me right now. And we did miss Biden's little chat today. We'll have to cover that tomorrow. We'll see what he had to say after the program today. We're a little bit busy right now and can't get into that. David, anything you want to say about Arizona?
0: Just that I wish that people would take it, that Republicans would learn how to fight. And here you have Mark Kelly with all this money. How did he get it? Who are his partners in the People's Republic of China? What's going on? How come how come this stuff isn't thrown out there during the elections uh by the opposing candidates? Because you know what? Unless you unless you're gonna fight with everything you've got, don't get into a fight. You know, to me it's any chair in a bar fight. And, and I'm sorry, but, you know, you got to pick up anything that's, anything that's available and use it to clobber your opponent. And to me, Mark Kelly, with his financial dealings, is rife for exploitation. Uh, you know, just, just like in, in Pennsylvania, Fetterman, with pulling a shotgun on a black jogger, why wasn't mm-hmm. that exploited?
1: That's a good question, and you have to ask yourself where the Republican leadership is that are controlling the purse strings on the elections, that question as well. But then you do get into the deep state, and it becomes an entire different issue and an entire different radio program. There's no question about that because the discussion changes immediately. All right, let's go to Oregon, David. Bad news with the Oregon Ballot Initiative 114. It it passed. The only recourse Oregon residents that you have, you're listening right now, in a couple cities in the state— is going to be the courts. Unfortunately, now I am of the mindset that post Bruin, this ballot initiative does not does not succeed. It, it will it will lose. But this is going to be a very lengthy, years long, drawn out battle that's going to cost a fortune, and it's going to have to involve groups like Second Amendment Foundation, Firearms Policy Coalition, Gun Owners of America, NRA, etc. David, what do you think?
0: And that's exactly right. And they wear us down through attrition, because if you take a look at how this damn thing was financed, uh, well, looking at MSN, okay, supporters of Measure 114 would require permits for gun purchases and ban large capacity ammunition magazines have amassed two point four million dollars going into next week's general election, while those opposed have raised a fraction of that at seventy six thousand dollars. And you're right when when they challenge this based on Bruin and based on Uh, you know, history uh, and, and they win, it's going to be long and drawn out. Where's the money going to come from? Because in this case you had Connie Ballmer, who's the wife Mm -hmm. of billionaire Steve Ballmer, the former longtime CEO of Microsoft owner of the Los Angeles Clippers. You had Nick Hanauer, and you had Michael Bloomberg, okay? Bloomberg came in $155,000 with the Gun Safety Action Fund. Uh, what was Nick? Nick Hanauer, Hanauer was $250,000. Uh, you know, meanwhile, Oregon Firearms Federation and Kevin Starrett is just doing the Lord's work out there. If you don't know OFF and if you don't know Kevin, familiarize yourself with it, because this guy is just doing heroic action with uh, with really very, very few resources. And unfortunately, yeah. when this does go to the court with a Bruin-type challenge, it's going to be long, it's going to be drawn out, it's going to be appeal after appeal after appeal. And, you know, who's going who's to pay for it when you have these billionaires that are just coming up with, uh, you know, just pocket change? Doesn't, you know, they, they, they don't miss it for a second. Do you think $250,000 makes a Nicholas Hanauer blink? Or do you think $155,000 makes a billionaire Michael Bloomberg blink? Absolutely not. They, they have the money to buy the policy and impose it on the rest of us. This is just really uh, fascism at its lowest.
1: Yeah, you know, with an impotent NRA... This is not helping the situation in Oregon as well. And you're right about Kevin Starrett. We're going to be bringing Kevin to the program here. I'm going to be reaching out to him in the next few days. I'd like to line him up for Sunday's show. That's been on my docket for the week now. Wait and find out what happened. Well, now we know. So, uh, Kevin, if you happen to be listening, uh, expect a, an email and a text message here coming up in the next couple of days because I would like to bring you on the Sunday show. You know what? The worst part about the OFF deal, and Kevin's been a, a guest on the program many times over the year, fighting this battle in Oregon, sometimes seemingly alone. Boy, guys, if you don't know OFF, as David mentioned, that's Oregon Firearms Federation. Make sure to look them up online. If you can afford it, join him in that battle. If you live in Oregon, you're going to need to get involved. You are going to have to get involved. You're going to have to live under tyranny. We'll be back one more segment.
4: This segment of Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is being brought to you by Daniel Defense.
1: Visit DanielDefense.com. Now, back to the show. Back to the show. Final segment, Armed American Radio's post-midterm. Can you believe it, Greg? It's post-midterm already? Already. All the lead-up, and here we are the day after the midterm. We still don't have answers in America in places like Maricopa County. Mm -hmm. The second largest voting district in the country. Yep. Florida had every vote counted. Ninety-plus percent of their votes counted by 9 p.m. last night Eastern time. Yeah, and shockingly in Pennsylvania, we still can't get a, ton. a dead guy got reelected. So I did I did see that. Oh, good heavens. Faith in the elections, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, But Biden, I guarantee, I, I didn't see it, but I guarantee he talked about democracy. And only in America can a party who loses the House, which is likely to happen, somehow declare victory. Well, they didn't. Just they look didn't. at the camera and Baghdad, Bob, everything. So we're, it, It's going to be interesting because Maricopa County, I think we'll start getting some news on Maricopa later into the evening here on the East Coast anyway, probably around 9, 10 o'clock. We'll start seeing some, uh, some things break because they are now two hours behind Eastern time, not three. So it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. But things look like they're breaking for Carrie Lake right now. Not so sure about Lake Masters, but uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to watch happen. I hope she pulls it out. David Codrea, longtime fan favorite, brother. And you are showing us why today. Let's go uh, put a cap on exclamation point on Oregon. And then I want to talk with you in the remainder of this segment for the hour about what we expect to see from Biden with the possible new makeup in the House, etc. I have some theories about that. I want to bounce them off of you so listeners can get your wit and wisdom. But go ahead and put a stamp, if you would, on the previous segment in Oregon.
0: Uh, to give props once more well-deserved and not often enough. For Kevin Sterrett and the work that he is doing out there with Oregon Firearms Federation. I don't understand how any gun owner who cares about the Second Amendment who lives in Oregon could not be a member and could not be involved in OFF. Uh, And just a little personal anecdote about Kevin. uh, Some years ago, I believe it was after Sandy Hook, and there were uh, some people in the gun community that were talking about maybe some needed political compromises that we could uh, uh, share with uh, some of the legislators on on ways to mitigate the situation. And I got involved and invited to a conference call by a friendly who knew my stance on this, and Kevin joined, uh, kind of like we were each other's wingman on that, and we let them know in no uncertain terms that not only would we not support any compromise, but if they did and went forward with it, we would fight them with everything that we had within our spheres of influence and uh, and just let people know that this is something to oppose and that they are giving up and surrendering, uh, doing preemptive surrenders and uh, letting us letting ourselves be scapegoated. And it turned out that they backed down from that, which was wonderful. So so I really appreciated having Kevin there and we could watch each other's back on that. So props to Kevin, props to OFF and support the lawsuit as it's going
1: forward. Yeah, because there's going to be many of them. No question. All right, guys, get involved with Oregon Firearms Federation. If you're listening in Oregon and you're not a member, please join. Believe me, that organization needs your help right now with the passage of ballot initiative 114. Bad news in Oregon. All right, David, here's my theory. Uh, Biden is pushing gun control, has pushed gun control right up to the brink of the midterms. He's not going to back down off of this loss of the House or not. I believe what you're going to see coming from Biden now, and this is from many years' experience doing this, I'm in pretty confident that you're going to agree with me on this, but he is now going to push the limits of the Constitution regarding executive action. What do you think? In order to get some of his agenda done, he's not going to. Say, he's made it very clear he's not going to stop until he gets an assault weapons ban. Uh, it could mean, if the Democrats keep the Senate, that, uh, that they try to nuke the filibuster. And I'm not convinced Manchin... Uh, Man- Manchin's an interesting conversation here now because Biden has ticked him off with, the, with the, uh, the attacks on coal miners. That puts his future, his political future at stake in the state of West Virginia, which broke 87 for Trump. It's a bright, deep red state. So there's a lot of dynamics in play here. What do you think happens now with the push for gun control from the White House after the midterms?
0: Yeah, I, I think that a combination of executive orders and a uh, rule change is coming from ATF.
1: Oh, rule we'll uh, change! Ah, uh.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and and, and again, I'm sorry, Mister Trump, but uh, you were the guy that opened the door for bump stocks, and and now they're following through with that, and they're they're going to follow through, and they're they're looking at. Uh, Making you know the uh, the the sear switches and things like that on the Glocks turn it into a machine gun, and yeah. it's easily done. And therefore, all semi-automatics have to be machine guns. That door has been opened.
1: Yes, it has. And you know, we talked about that with Gottlieb last week, also in some great detail. There, there's great fear of that. That in what you're talking about, what David is referring to, ladies and gentlemen, I'll just put this in a nutshell for you: is the literal redefinition by the AFT because that's what Biden calls it, the AFT. So do we. The literal change in definition of what a firearm is to fit their needs so that they can regulate around. Notice I said regulate, not legislate around, but regulate around our legislative bodies and the Constitution. And that's how, they're, that's how they intend to get around the House. Don't think that this hasn't been planned. It has been. We know this is coming, David. We know it's coming, brother.
0: Yeah, and and I I hope uh, that—I don't remember the name of the case, but there is still one bump stock case that's out there. And my hope is that somehow or other it will finally be adjudicated that ATF does not have the authority to make the law.
1: You know, as much as I hate to say this right now, that appears to be, at this point, guys, sadly— wishful thinking. It should have been adjudicated that years ago and it was not. And you are right, Trump opened the door for that with bump stocks. And you know, as I've often said, bump stocks after Vegas were the sacrificial lamb on the altar of gun control. Ah, nobody knows who then what these things are. Most gun owners don't even know what they are, blah, blah, blah. We'll just go ahead and let this be the sacrificial lamb on the altar of gun control and we'll just go away. In the meantime, the door's been cracked open and this, the very gun control case that we're, the, the uh, bump stock cases that we're talking about here, has what's opened the door right now for the redefinition of everything by a weaponized AFT. David, has it not? Isn't, and, that was the impetus, wasn't it?
0: And the, this this is why I would get so frustrated with some gun owners, the bloviating forum dwellers who get up to. The, <laughs> I about love that. it. You know, who, who cares about that stupid piece of plastic? That's not a hill worth dying on. It's not about a stupid piece of plastic. That's right. You're, you're totally missing the point. It is about declaring... All semi automatics, machine guns, you idiot.
1: Okay. What, did, what did you call them? Bloviating forum dwellers? Was that it? Uh,
0: probably something, you know. <laughs> it, just, it just rolls off the top of the head. What am I supposed to do? You know?
1: Well, I, though to me, they're the pseudo intellectual pseudo-intellectual psychobabblers having conversations in the internet thinking they're making changes. And, you know, the same people that suggest we need to end the duopoly. Oh, good heavens. Don't even get me started. Hey, David, I've just been told that this hour is up. I, let me thank you for being here and also tell you to please enjoy that Defender Coffee. Send pics. Yes, I'm I did. put some out there on social media for you. Give me some more. I want to see it. the early morning 5 a.m. I'm awake and alive today because of 1776 Organic Roast Defender Coffee. It's great stuff. i it. got to get
0: my on first, man.
1: David Codrea, WarOnGuns.com. Always a pleasure to have him on the program, Greg. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed the program today as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you and as much as I enjoy bringing it to you every day. Remember, don't steal victory from the jaws of victory. Let's get the house back and have some subpoena power. I'll take that victory. We'll move forward one victory at a time. That's where we are in this country today. If you live in Pennsylvania, I feel for you. Oregon, you got your work cut out for you. Keep your eyes on Arizona today and Georgia. Keep us in your thoughts. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow.